0: Weird Things is brought to you by Patreon.com/slash/WeirdThings. Support the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew May, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello, friends. Mr. Bryce Castillo.
2: Hello, acquaintances.
1: Gentlemen and all the ships. At sea. Uh, I don't know if you've watched this yet, but uh, you see a thing, and it's one of these moments where everybody kind of sees it and can can see, even in its imperfect form, that oh yeah, this this could be going somewhere at some point. Maybe not this particular iteration, but the concept of it. And I'm talking about the hit new Twitch stream, nothing forever. I was
2: just going to, to I was going to jokingly say you were talking about nothing forever.
1: I know. I am talking about nothing forever. So, Justin, you do you know nothing a, forever? Uh,
0: indeed, I do uh, uh, know nothing forever. This is the Twitch stream uh, that is ongoing, wherein uh, virtualizations of AI generated Seinfeld scripts play 24 7, 365,
1: theoretically. Separate. Yeah. So, it's. I think they're using like a uh, Unity backend. So, and so it's a very
2: the funniest thing this
1: morning blocky getting- backend, blocky imaging. But I think they're using GPT to do the, uh, the scripts, the scripts mm-hmm. which uh, I would like to talk to them because I can give them some ideas on how to make them a little <laughs> more engaging. But that being said, is you're watching these virtual characters that's a knockoff of Seinfeld and it's a continuous stream. It's just the AI continuously has the stories and these little segues and their own sort of version of Seinfeld music. Um, it is just this kind of crazy sort of concept, but you get into, and this is the thing we've talked about before, where we try we imagine the future is sort of shinier, bigger versions of what we have right now, when the future yeah. could actually be radically different. Like we're doing a show right now to explain to somebody what we were doing 30 years ago you know, like, well, you know, uh, nascent internet maybe, but like, it'd be really hard to sort of wrap your head around. Well, we all got video cameras in our houses. We've all got microphones. We can all sit there and do a thing and we can do a show that might get more people watching than a cable show. And here, when you look at generative AI, when AI can can create, not only create, but can create nonstop 24 seven, why not create a channel that's just, and it's hard to wrap our head around that well, what's the narrative, and it's like, well, sometimes we just like stuff on, we like screensavers or lo-fi music or whatever, and if you have a have a concept or material where it's just every few minutes there's maybe a real g- joke or a real beat or this continuous sort of thing, and you see something magical happen,
2: yeah, kind of cool I I I, uh, I, I I I feel like I caught just as this, uh, at the as this was blowing up, but there's there's something to the nonsensicalness of of what ai just loose ai generation can turn into along with um you know the contemporary idea of seinfeld right the show about nothing um and so you have this interesting abstract framework where you can where you can have a script that's that's just Oh my gosh! Did you see the spinach the other day? There's a new. Did you see the new rest? Like, like it's all it it it, it is. Did you see the new restaurant? Did you see the new whatever? Um, zhu it up. It's cut, cuts it cuts like it's great. It's really really smart. Um, and it's it's a great way to start something like this, right? We'll see more stuff like this. I mean, the the other thing is like it. Yeah, this this whole 3D space where they've got different different stages from the Seinfeld show or a 90s like sitcom yeah that, that, that's that's my question this is not in any way uh a, a
0: officially sponsored or blessed by the, the the people who own seinfeld right no the the names right. are different it's like larry uh, oh gotcha and uh yeah yeah
2: uh, and and that but
0: so but, this is this is this is an, an an homage and you know the other funny part about this particular uh, situation is that uh it does not blow up like this if Twitch doesn't exist, a place where people come to sit and watch live streamed
2: content. And you often have uh Larry Feinberg as the uh the the Seinfeld. Yeah, they even have like stand-up scenes. So he'll just it's just him at the mic doing a doing doing stand-up. Yeah. Uh
0: it it's it really is such a such an amazing confluence. And and when you look at stuff like that, you you start to get a glimpse of 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 a flicker of what the future will include i'm not even going to say what will what it will be like but what it 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 can include because you've got this gathering place for 24 7 live content uh an expectation of a certain level of artistic uh or meme merit right uh and now this this uh, a technological solution has taken advantage of that platform and and found uh, an immediate audience i mean this thing started streaming when it was only a few
2: days ago right i yeah I, I feel like i saw it maybe friday and it was that was before it was blowing up and now it's got almost twelve thousand viewers in the middle of the we day need, on friday as we record this
1: if you wanted to right now you could build an interdimensional cable from like rick and morty you could do that now it would they, have might, they like, might need to they have they, have they have yeah. they have they
0: have one ad out <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah uh, so you could, you could create that concept though, of like this channel or just these channels of just stuff that exists in parallel universes. You know, right now it'd have to be like game engine, like what they're using here, but eventually it could be. And like, that's, that's a crazy thing to think about, like where generative video content is going is going to be just insane. If you wanted to do a South park, just endless South park right now, that actually be technically, t- technically easier than what they did here if you're talking about the bare code of it. Um, mm-hmm. And the voices they're using too, by the way, are like uh, uh, not the best that are out there. Like voice qualities come so much better. So yeah,
2: uh, if we want, we can maybe tune in a little bit and hear what what's going on and mm. nothing forever. Let's see. Is it special espresso beans or something?
0: <laughs> no, it's just that espresso naturally has no sugar.
2: I guess we should have known that our coffee-loving friend Larry here was in the
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: there's always there's always a a good awkward si- silence between the different scene changes. Yeah. But they even work in little little music to sound like the the Seinfeld Oh man.
0: Uh, no, it, it's, it, it is, it is fascinating. I do. I love the idea of AI generated content that can bring us and take us to places for which we haven't been. And, and and I think the part of the reason why this succeeds is because, you know, Seinfeld is, you know, is the most popular sitcom of all time. Is that, I don't know, it'd be in, in rare air if it's not that official title, but one of the most iconic for sure. Uh, yeah. So it's like, there's, there's certainly a, a hunger for it. It has survived into the streaming era and remained viable. So the idea of what if Seinfeld, what if there were new Seinfelds is, is a meme thing that has been around for a while, right? There's like modern day Seinfeld and, and stuff like that, like Twitter accounts or Instagrams. Yeah. Whereas like you know, this is taking that to the extreme. Congratulations. There's new Seinfeld on right now, and it's going 24-7, and it's always a new episode.
2: Well, and, and this is, you know, when, when we've talked about, say, automation or AI, um, you know, I, I certainly myself as a creative and technical professional have always felt a certain amount of like, well, I will always have this animus that I can bring, I can bring a human element to the stuff that will be very difficult to outsource or to... Automate away, but I also think that there's space uh, for even our environment, our landscape today for all automated media. Um, I, th- I, it, 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 for example, like take this Nothing Forever project that we're talking about. Yes. it's 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 a little junk. It's a little clunky, right? You know, there's silences. Sometimes it breaks. Um, the, the The scripts are not always great, but if this was a world where this was part of a if Netflix did a thing like this and did it x percent better, this could sit alongside stranger things or a, a, a Queen's gambit. like this this can fit in in folks's, I don't know, balance of media. Because it will be very different from human-made things. Well, I, 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 not that it will always be yeah, good, I, but they're always like having that twenty-four-seven element. Is this, this kind of gets to Andrew's point that we often kind
0: of think that, like, extrapolating the future is just taking what we have now and making it bigger and shinier. And oh, where I think the folly of those kind of predictions come in are, are not that they're not possibly valid, and sometimes they're right. It's just that we are all okay at knowing where we are. We're less good at knowing where we're going to be in a year, and that point degrades the further you go out, right? Or or, or the mm-hmm. further that you believe uh, things are going to go for them to to reach a certain conclusion. What I think with AI is we are going to see a lot of people use it to do things and and spark ideas uh, as we as we move forward. But the concept of fully AI generated stuff uh is is in a weird place uh humans have have kind of seemed to be uh uh alternately like excited or on some level implicitly betrayed by the idea that something is fully uh uh generated by an alternate intelligence if you don't tell them i think it often is just like oh wow what what a what a great thing what great art uh yeah if if you tell them then it's like well what are you trying to do you just went to the answer machine and pulled out an answer which right. is uh, uh i think on on one level a material step up from believing that ai is magic right <laughs> like at least now <laughs> yeah. we're looking at it as something uh, a Concrete. little bit more uh a little bit more grounded in reality although probably not a great uh, descriptor for it but i i wonder i mean i think part of what makes this funny is the fact that it is this kind of minimum viable product. Like that's part of the charm for it. Whereas like if this were photorealistic, if this if all of a sudden this channel was it looked almost identical to watching Seinfeld. To watching Seinfeld, episodes. but you change the hair colors and the names, the conversation around this would be a lot different. It would be a little bit less, oh uh lol, what a hilarious art project. And a little bit more. What, the, what 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 do you boys think you're fooling here?
1: I think there's such there is Brian, Brian, uh, those of you who don't know Brian Brushwood <laughs> is sometimes on our podcast. He's a guest at times. Mm. And uh he's not here, but uh Brian has this theory, and I I maybe miss misattributing this the way that he says it, but because he he will assumes that some shows that don't quite fully catch his interest were designed with the idea that Brian would be texting or doing something else, you know, so Brian, like, oh, I think they, because he said this before, like, I think they wrote it because like they know people are doing something. I'm like, it sounds like a very Brian universe, a very, very Brian type universe. That being said, that's how a lot of people consume content while they're multitasking yeah. and in a multitasking world where you're, playing a game or doing something else, this could be the perfect kind of content because there are people that just want to leave a TV on. They want something in the background. The number of people still pay for, like, I'm amazed that there are people that watch TV with commercials. Like, I haven't done that in 20 years. Like, and I can't, I have to wrap my head around the idea that there are people that sit through commercials, but for some people, they just want something on. Yeah, yeah. you know, I... I...
0: I think that there is something to, uh, all information on some level has to be passive to a certain extent, right? Like even even movies, which you know forever for were dominated in the idea of like, you're going to watch it in a cinema. You need to be paying attention to it the entire time. Now we live in a fractured world for that. For podcasting, I, I'm actually just in the process of working with a few people mm-hmm. on developing a show that did not have a lot of production on it. It exists and they want to make it you know, more nice. production, uh, uh productioning. Yeah. Right. And so I was trying to explain we're in the process now of, of me explaining my concept of, and philosophy of, of, uh, audio beds, music beds for certain stuff and where I think it is incredibly important to passively explain to the listener, not only that we are done with this subject, we are now moving on to another subject, but also to Andrew's point to, in a passive medium and podcasting is a passive medium. We are, we are, you know, uh, we cannot compete with you driving. <laughs> we don't, we don't want you to be focusing on it so much that you can't do that. Hey, don't forget your blinker. So audio beds are something that you need to have to snap people back to, Oh, okay, wait, hold on. Maybe you need to listen to this. Let me, uh, uh everything else I can just kind of, you know, a uh, uh, chat GPT generate like, Okay, they were talking about the price of beef, so this is probably about where beef comes from, or yada, yada yada. But then if it's, but that's the moment that the beef robbery happened. Like we want you to materially start thinking about something else. and mm. uh, uh, that is that's that's a huge, huge, huge element. like it is it is a part of art. and the more we have abilities to portray art, the more we have to understand that people are
2: watching it for different reasons. I mean, a e, even. God, I mean, if I'm if I'm just like predicting, right? If we're just predicting the wild future, yeah. I I could even Rice see...
1: predicts. <laughs> <laughs> wah, 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 wah.
2: I could like I, I initially I thought, well, okay, so maybe something like this lives um, in the same channels as as a Netflix, as a Hulu, as a Disney Plus, what have you, right? This is one of a, one of multiple streaming options that is you know, available ubiquitously. But at the same time, you look at how much processing power everyone just has on them in their pocket at any given point, even, even older cell phone devices are, are, are are pretty good. Um, I could imagine instead of say paying for Netflix to watch their movie files, you could buy the, buy the nothing forever and it's for you and it's just what you're, it's you're watching it and it's coming up with the scripts just for you. And it's not, you know, like I, I, I it, it, it's, it's, it's something, I guess, a little different from hard and fast visual data of a TV show or a movie. Um, but it's not exactly a video game, but it could be. Some sort of soft is it am i am i am i am I losing the thread here? Is no, this, i I I think
0: there? you know, as far as predictions go, which I mean, who knows, like I think that it's it's an interesting one because it gets to the heart of whether or not art should be communal or personal. Mm. you know what what would you rather a a poem that speaks very specifically to you, but you cannot meaningfully share in the same way or one that you could share with everybody else who might have those same feelings that you feel like, I think one would certainly go for a lot of money. The personal one, I don't know if it would be as impactful. I don't know if, if once people got it, they
2: would want it in the same kind of way, but who knows? I, I guess um, the parallel in my head I'm thinking of is to uh, uh, Corey Doctorow in one of his books, makers uh, comes up. uh, It's a, it's a very good book and a very interesting thought experiment of what if Disney just made a 3D printer and the 3D printer took over a room in your house and every day it just 3D printed a new Disney experience in your home. That's one of the many things in that book. But there's something really personal to that, to feeling like, oh this is actually this is not just the this is not just the movie that someone shot. This is like my little toy box and and there's controls or there's tuning however Um, And there's, you know, but like something beyond like I sit down and I click play. Like, I think that's where something like this exists beyond sit down, press play. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: The the possibilities, Bryce, (laughs) are endless. But what's not endless Mm -hmm. is Patreon.com slash weird things. We head on over to Patreon.com slash weird things. You can support us on this program at the after things podcast before anybody else folks. Thank you. Uh-huh. If you have headed on over to patreon.com slash weird things, and thank you again. If you are planning on doing it right now, Patreon.com slash weird things.
1: There has been, been a sighting? Have you seen this? You heard about this? This this balloon that was visible over the U.S. in Montana
2: <laughs> the Chinese surveillance balloon. What? No,
1: I yeah. haven't heard this. Is there?
2: A, I hope there's not a boy in this one either.
0: No, but uh, yeah. although my favorite meme of it was like we're assembling a crack team to take it down, and it was like Balloon Boy and uh, 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 you know David Blaine holding a balloon, <laughs> like it's the Avengers, the Balloon Avengers. So what was this, Andrew?
1: So apparently, defense officials U.S. defense officials have said that they believe that a Chinese spy balloon drifted over Montana, and uh, there's possibly a second incident reported by Canadian authorities. So, <laughs> wow. Um, usually, the usually I guess the covert
2: operations tend to be covert. Yeah, you should have at least painted
0: this should have painted, like <laughs> painted
2: it blue. I should have painted it blue.
0: Kind of stands out against yeah. the night sky or the, the, the day sky here, this light blue sky.
2: Wow. All right. So this is um, from,
1: this is not the first time a Chinese balloon has been spotted over the U S but this seems to be acting differently to previous ones. A U.S. defense official said it's appearing to hang out for a longer period of time this time around and more persistent than in previous instances. That would be one distinguishing factor. On Friday, Beijing claimed the balloon was a civilian airship used mainly for weather research that deviated from its planned course. The statement by spokesperson for the Chinese Foreign Ministry is the first admission that the airship originated in China since the Pentagon revealed it was tracking the balloon on Thursday.
2: You know how um, it takes you a long time to just say it's a research balloon? <laughs> a
0: and civilian,
1: a civilian research balloon. That's definitely yeah. a thing, you know. So... Why Why use a balloon? People go, we have satellites. Uh, according to a person they spoke to, some of these systems use extremely high frequencies that are short-range can be absorbed by atmosphere, and so by using a balloon, you can basically collect information on our communication systems and radar. Mm. Really? Yeah, because that was the other yeah. big
0: question that I saw people online, uh, which, again, it's, it's Twitter, so I would not expect that our, our best and brightest are asking their most pertinent, serious questions. It's a bunch of memes, but The question was why it was following the path that it was following because it was largely through, uh, you know, Montana down into the Midwest. Yeah.
2: Very uh, conspicuous targets. Not not the immediate target you would think of for.
0: Well, but or like there are. The United States has a lot of bases, a lot of places, you know, throughout the middle of the country that probably places that if, if we don't know about it, that's, that's to the better for them. Uh, if, if, you know, I, I think the, the bigger question here is, like, was this on purpose? Is this a mistake?
2: <laughs> like, uh, this seems a little audacious. It's, they're certainly caught red-handed if it is intentional. How do, how do you, how do you, how would you deny it? what would you do wouldn't you you would do anything well,
1: other other than admit it no it's a it's scientific research we do we do weather balloons all the time that end up over drifting over other countries that that happens that, that. Mm-hmm. so there's nothing outrageous about the idea of a balloon drifting over another sovereign country the challenge is you know defining what the purpose are and this was they said this behaved not like a weather balloon this behaved really odd Like its ability to hover and keep stay in certain spots, and like I think that theory that yeah, it's it's actually listening in on it's not looking at us, it's listening to a radio communications and trying to understand what the radar systems do. So,
0: yeah, do you believe that this is a spy balloon, Andrew? Hundred percent. It feels like everybody is acting like it is not just a weather balloon. <laughs> it feels like like the response feels very spy satellite satellitey or a spy balloon. Well, you look at
1: the response. images of it, and it's got a ton of antennas on it. Yeah, it's yeah, got it, like these array of all these antennas. They look like solar. It looks like the space station. Yeah, they look yeah. like solar
2: panels that you would see on a satellite, almost. Or Might be that radio, radio like, antennas. Radio.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is clearly. If it was a purely meteorological whatever, you would kind of give some headway. This is more... guys look up, look up a picture of know.
0: a weather balloon. I don't even know what a weather balloon would look like because uh, for if, if only audio listeners of you and I've not seen pictures of this, it, it is a gigantic white balloon that is floating over America uh, with an array of... And, and granted, these pictures are grainy, but it looks as if there are a bunch of black antennas in the way that you would see them at a large like sporting event or something uh, something that you would you would need to keep thousands of people's cell phones
2: on uh, uh, that is the array so this is uh this is an image of a research weather balloon i found it's a similar big white uh uh inflated balloon portion but with a a, a little bit of a an 80s cell phone, kind of attached to the string, mm. about five five feet down. Not a gigantic array of
0: radio antennas,
2: and it's it, it definitely doesn't look like the Hubble. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's. I think it's the gigantic array of radio <laughs> antennas that I think gives <laughs> it away. Or solar
1: panels or something. Or yeah. So,
2: yeah. Someone. I I think someone was telling us that that it could the balloon itself could maneuver to, to some degree. I don't. I don't. I don't know how much that's that's we're getting to speculation but um huh should we do should we reta- should we go find their communic? should we should we retaliate do we make our own balloon
1: i mean who says we yeah i mean I, every I, time I we hear it's not like our counterintelligence agencies are going oh what do we do <laughs> now guys <laughs> you know
0: yeah, I think uh, it is. It is. It is a lot of people's very, very, very high clearance, well paid jobs to glean the information that I assume the Chinese are trying to glean from us from them. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this is the best solution. It certainly does have uh, political ramifications. Our Secretary of State Anthony Blinken canceled a trip to China uh, in large part due to the the reaction of this. Wow. Uh, Although yeah, uh, that's that's also a very State Department, oh, you know, sure. it's like if you do something bad, we will cancel a meeting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna call in sick. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna oh, we're gonna bump out. this back down to our assistants. Assistants talking mm-hmm. about what we're gonna talk about at our assistants meeting. If you keep
2: mucking about, Co- I'm a code P over here. We're pushing. Code, code P. P. Code P. I didn't think it through very much, but it's, I like it. Suck.
0: It's like nothing forever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there is a there is a very interesting story uh, that kind of that sort of made a little bit of noise, but then really didn't kind of get as much attention. I think in a book, I think it's called uh, the book Spy Fail, which talks about how uh, there was a high level like FBI agent who was actually a Chinese spy and was able to like report on like intelligence and people whatnot. Um, I mean, oh, wow. it's just a very very frustrating thing where they had tremendous amount of suspicions about this person, but even if has been in a position to know who had been recruited and whatnot, and basically, uh, may have led to the death of a number of people. Oh, that were were assets that we had in China that all of a sudden just went missing. And there is a really intense level of, uh, conflict going on. Going on in this world, and and for various reasons, it doesn't get the kind of headlines that perhaps it should. Because when you hear about what goes on, and you know, and sometimes like you know, the placement in some of these spies is just insane. Um, so it's just it's just yeah. a very very interesting game because you understand that like we it was pretty devastating for us apparently because we had uh was an official that just had access to just a ton of information about that and then basically fled fled uh to China. I mean, fled to like Hong Kong or whatever. And we let them and we rested when we finally came back. But wow, just, I mean, uh, there's, there's
2: someone had to be a mole, right? Someone had to be the, had to be a, like a legit, just entrenched mole.
1: Wow. Yeah. And there's more of them. I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot and it's, it's hard because it's this, we are a very open society, which means that we are very, and mistaken allegations happen all the time. Let me make that very clear, but as kind of, as a rule, the we'll have people we, we might suspect or might look suspicious, but we might be afraid to say, ah, oh, let's really investigate this person further, arrest them and see what we know because just not the way we sort of do things.
2: Yeah. Um, gosh, I, uh... Yeah, that kind of that kind of leads into a pick of mine, but I don't, I don't want to jump into that just yet. But um, yeah, have you
0: guys heard the uh, the 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 news about the one of the big spy masters that was handling a lot of Russia stuff was being paid off by one of the uh, the biggest oligarchs out there in Russia, Oleg Dispersky?: What? No. Yeah. Uh, they there were there was there was, a, there was a, a crazy article about it where the lead, if I remember correctly, was this guy was dating a girl. All of a sudden girl wakes up is like you know getting ready for the day sees a gigantic bag of cash uh in their living room and is like what's up with the gigantic bag of cash and he's like oh i made a bet last night and i won
1: <laughs> and oh. there it
0: is a gigantic bag Yeah of cash. i
1: let me correct i kept saying fbi i meant to say cia uh this was um Look up uh, Jerry Chun-Ching Lee, CIA agent. And he was also one of these people that apparently, this has happened before, um, where you'll have somebody tasked with trying to identify like uh, moles and stuff like this. And there are more than once, that's been the mole. Yeah. And, you know, that was, there was a the very prominent case with that. Um, wow. So-
2: Jerry Chun shing Lee. Yeah, 19 years for S. That was
1: like, yeah, Robert Hansen. He, like Robert Hansen was the guy because they, they knew for years this he was the that Robert Hansen was the FBI agent that was doing that. And for years, they knew there was some leak, some high-level leak in the intelligence community. And they weren't sure who it was, but there was like, you know, like a code name for him. And Robert Hansen was the guy who was supposed to find him. <laughs> and guess what? Spoiler alert. Never did. It was him. Uh ooh. Wow. And and that's the sort of
2: thing you own. That this is like spy movie stuff, right? This is this is a spy movie story or you know, oh. we would um, I feel like we would be very if, more, if, more if, comfortable if, with it. Well no, it, 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 check it, out
1: the movie Breach based on it. Really really good movie. Really really tight thriller, Breach.
0: Yeah. So I was going to say if, if all spy movies weren't uh, uh, the agency is trying to kill the spy, or a rogue agent is taking on a current agent. Right, well, Andrew. Yeah. That's 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 one of the classic main <laughs> takes. Wait, what was that? Your 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 theory that all spy movies are either the oh, agency yeah. is trying to kill the a spy. Or a rogue agent is now trying to kill our main character, who is also yeah. A spy. Or the rogue,
1: or it's a rogue, yeah. Rogue spy, rogue, rogue spy, causing all the problems. I said this on Twitter, and one of our friends had said, "No, most of the James Bond movies have been pretty, have been, haven't, haven't been that way." And I listed how, like, the last I eight James say, Bond movies. Uh, uh, there was
0: all- R.I.P. to that dude the second he hit tweet, <laughs> where it's like, look, if, yeah. if, if Maine
1: has the time, he will, he will, he's brought the receipts. Well, because it was like – because they would often be in a passing sort of thing. In the movie, it might be like two sentences, and you could watch it and never realize, oh, yeah, that person was a bad person, You know, bad because they were former – Rogue MI6, this yeah. or whatever. So, like, yeah, I didn't make that claim lightly. It was just this – I'd watch it again like, oh, shoot, this is the same plot point. But. Oh,
0: no, and this this is an old growth take of yours that I remember uh, at some point really gestating at a point that you had watched all of the James Bond movies, uh, uh, you know, like back to back to back. So I, I, yeah. I very much uh, appreciated your, your your research on that.
1: There was uh, well, that was also the thing. Every time they kept bringing back mission before mission impossible got really good. Yeah. It was the same story. And, and now they can kind of do the same story, but they do it in such an amazing way. I'm like, it's, it's like, it's on genre. It's like groundhog day. It's like, okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, know, yeah, I mean, is, it,
0: it's, it's funny. So my uh, father-in-law, my, my wife's dad was in town for two weeks and he found every the three letter agency needs to bring back the agent for one last job movie that there are on Netflix. And I can tell you there is a week's worth. He (laughs) he watched all of them back to back. uh, And that's it. You are, you are dead, right? Andrew, every time I walked in, it was because either the agency had become corrupt by a bad guy and they were looking to kill our hero or somebody was bad. The agency's good. And it's a rogue agent that is trying to you know hit hit our main character with a we're not so different you and I
2: they'll turn against you too oh, yeah. or the yeah, yeah the two agencies that are battling each other but both of the agencies are bad and so the two good people beat both of the agencies and they make their own good agency a good agency yeah we're good agency gaa
1: <laughs> uh, i think i think andrew
0: was rep by gaa for a while
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they're really really hands on um <laughs> so And uh, Robert Hansen was the subject of a 2002 made-for-television movie, Master Spy, the Robert Hansen story, with a teleplay by Norman Mailer and starring William Hurt as Hansen. Oh, wow. Hansen's jailers allowed him to watch this movie, but he was so angered by it that he turned it off. Oh,
0: Oh, no. Mm, Well, maybe
2: maybe he watched it later. Is he still in jail? Yeah. Oh. Oh, maybe I'm looking at a different Robert Hansen. Oh yeah, I was looking at the uh, the serial murderer. Oh, the serial that. murderer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <sighs> yeah. No, this is Robert Hanson's still alive. He is still alive and still in jail.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Fifteen consecutive life sentences without parole at eighty years. Oh,
1: he, he's he's never getting out. He's he's that category of like never getting out because the level ever. ever. 15 life sentences 15 consecutive life sentences
2: uh this is from wikipedia so, hansen sold thousands of classified documents to the kgb detailing u.s strategies in the event of nuclear war development and military weapons technologies and aspects of the u.s counterintelligence program those are pretty big things to not sell to the kgb yeah that's kind of up there on the list of things to do and do not do
0: and i guess he wasn't able to get out huh like, cause that's like, yeah. usually if you're that deep, you're like, I don't know. I, I got my go bag ready. I got my, I got yeah. my, 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 my,
2: fake passports to, to Moscow. You gotta have the weasel protocol. If you're, if you're being a weasel, well, if you're going to be a weasel, be the, be- get your weasel protocol, get your little weasel hole ready. Get your, get your weasel coat get on. Get your weasel hole ready. But get your, get your weasel back you're king weasel, get your weasel hole ready.
1: Yeah. Like in the case of uh, Jerry Chung Shing Lee, you get to there and yeah, like, how bad was it? They go, about twenty informants were killed or jailed during the Woof. period that he was giving information to the Chinese. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a baddie. That's a bad one. Uh Lee is not the only former CIA officer to be convicted of working in China. In May, former CI CIA spy spy Kevin Mallory was sentenced to twenty years in prison after being convicted of conspiracy to transmit US defense secrets to China. Former U.S. intelligence officer Ron Rockwell Hansen was sentenced in September to 10 years in prison. There's, Ugh. it's interesting too, because like the, the Chinese spy program is fascinating because let's say you're an expert in something like, you get a lot of university professors and people and researchers have followed for this, where they'll be like, hey, uh, we would, we'd love for you to come speak at this conference. You know, like yeah. you go in China and you go speak at a conference in China. I've done, that. I've done that, for, I've done that for magic. I've I've given up the secrets of magic. Everybody, the Chinese, I apologize. <laughs> uh, it uses mirrors, but you get you get invited to these things, and then somebody says, "Oh, we got the startup here. We'd love to have you as an advisor. We'd be happy to pay you a fee to do this." And it's not usually somebody comes from you, you know, wearing a CCP, you know, Chinese Communist Party sticker or button on their jacket and says, we want you to work for us is you're working for some Chinese company or some research institute and they give you a position, you're, you're, you know, professor Immer is here or whatever. And then you're getting asked more and more stuff and consulting. Next thing you know, you're telling them things you shouldn't be telling them.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, at least we don't have the president's son doing that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It would, it would be fascinating to hear more about, how they train agents to deal with that, to deal if they do, to deal with social engineering, or uh, I mean, that Espionage. is your training. Yeah.
0: Right. I think. I think at well, some point it's all about leverage and and what you can get out of somebody.
1: Well, in, in in this case, like that was with researchers in particular. Like with to to turn to turn an agent or something like this. In some cases, shang Li was likely placed. Basically, he was recruited by agents in Hong Kong. And then he basically like he was probably very early on was was turned. And like there's you and you start to get into like. I'm going to give you an alternative view of history as we talk about the Red Scare in the U.S. and about the you know, like how we're trying to look for communists everywhere. There were communists here. There were communists working against U.S. interests. There were spies. There were absolutely people going there the extent at which we went to accuse anybody and everybody who had ever been involved with in that was, was in, probably a bit insane. But part of the British government intelligence agency got completely dismantled in the 50s and the 60s. They found out that a bunch of people back when they were in college had hung out in the communist groups and stayed in contact and were feeding secrets to the Soviets. Like yeah. That legit like happened. And, and it wasn't like that was a British only thing is that there was a lot of that going on here too. And and certain certain civil rights movements and certain other issues where there was strategically advantageous to cause strife, we're getting backing from that. Some of the anti-nuclear groups were actually getting funding from the Soviets because if you could get people protesting every place you put a nuclear weapon facility, you know, if you could if you could get an organic appearing protest there, then that would slow things down. And it's like that. Like, like that was like legit and you know, and we've been placing agents and moles and turning people over there too. But the idea that, like, ah, there weren't any Soviet agents in the United States during that period, of China or that's like silly. And we even know get out of here. We even know that people who were like uh like Truman Capote, uh uh amazing, I mean, I'm not naming names, but naming names, like some of these people were getting. Instructions like prior to World War Two, when the Russia was Russia was aligned with Germany, when they had an agreement, a non-aggression pact. American communists were told, to "Tell everybody to stay out of the war in Europe." Tell everybody, and you'd see that in scripts. You'd see this stuff. They were given the marching orders, and then when Germany went to war with Russia, that changed. Now, now we got to get into the war, and it just—you'd see you could. This stuff is in the archives. It's out there. So yeah,
2: I guess you know when it comes to espionage and and covert covert ops the best one is one that people don't know about right is is by doing whatever you need to do in secret actually in secret it's it's when it comes to light that that you start to realize like oh yeah we do everyone has a ton of spying everyone does a lot of does weather balloons and and satellites um we just just keep it from you (laughs)
1: Yeah. And sometimes when you'll hear like, oh, they shot down, you know, uh, an American spy plane or an American, uh, you know, ship got interdicted, but we say that we were in the international zone and they say otherwise, sometimes they're right. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. they're right. There have been cases where like, uh, yeah, we were behind enemy lines. We were are, you know, behind other, you know, sovereign territory lines and stuff. And so, We don't get a clean record on that.
0: Very sneaky. (laughs) Do we have any picks?
2: I got a pick. I don't love this. I'm not going to recommend all of this, but I'm going to recommend... Bryce is
0: mad! (laughs) I'm
2: going to recommend the first of the three parts of the Netflix uh, docu-series, Don't Pick Up the Phone. Um, This is uh, a riveting story about the... um, the strip search phone call scam uh in mm. the uh I wanna say the late nineties to the early aughts. What what was this? Oh, so out, uh so back in the day, uh even made into doo, a movie.
0: Doo, 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 doo,
2: doo, doo. Uh someone would call, say a say a Taco Bell. Someone would call a Taco Bell and say, I'm an i I'm a police officer. Uh, this uh, they gave a description, a generic description of employee, and say this person stole money out of one of your customers' purses. Uh, the cops are too busy to deal with this, but you can either bring the employee to the police station or you can strip search them there. You can do it, the manager.
1: And okay. I'm a cop on the phone, giving you authority here, yeah, because I'm a cop
2: i I, I, I bless you with with telephonic authority that's right yeah. um, well, a particularly bad case went on for hours and involved many, many forms of penetrative uh invasive abuse oh um, and uh I would recommend not watching parts two and three not because of any grossness, but because the investigators really um. Fumbled the bag incredibly bad this time. And the the two guys who are kind of the investigators end up being the through line, kind of the faux narrators, because there's not a narrator. And it's it's really frustrating to hear them say, Yeah, we think we found the guy through all these really, really unlikely things. So the first thing we did is we went up to him and said, We think you're the guy who did this. And then that guy disappeared. Because of course he would. And then guess what? All of the calls stopped. So hmm. I recommend watching the first episode to get an understanding of how bad this was. And then go check out the Wikipedia for the phone the, the strip search phone call scam because
1: that's yeah, gonna there's save a you movie an avenue. Called, called compliance, oh which yeah, which is uh, based on this. Here's here's my take. And I do not cannot speak to the quality of the police work of these gentlemen here. Mm-hmm. When you watch police documentaries or anything that involves crime or whatever, and you talk to police, police fact number one are people. Yes. Fact number two, some people are really good at their job. Mm. Fact number three, some people are really bad at their That's job. So fact four, it can be high, kind of hard for the average person to tell. This applies to doctors, things like this. You can have a horrible doctor and not know it. Yeah. Just because you never come to the point. You you can have a really horrible cop investigating a case and sometimes I watch some of these shows and they'll be like, oh, and they didn't, they didn't, they couldn't prosecute so-and-so. And I'm like, well, they got them doing this. They got them doing that. Unless there's more to it, these were one, lazy prosecutors or the cops didn't do their job or something. You know, you'll find out that sometimes there's just, they're, they're just dumb. Like yeah. you know, having family members who are in law enforcement and hearing stories about dumb things other people did, you go, oh. So, yeah, that and that can guy. be frustrating because like, yeah, It's the, my favorite is the, uh, the Mitchell and Webb look, the identity killer. I don't
0: know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. time
1: to play this. We have time to play a clip for this because it's super short. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, um, this, this, of course, from the iconic Otts, uh, sketch comedy show, that Mitchell and Webb look. If, uh, if you've never seen it, please not only watch that, but watch, um, their, or listen to, rather, their radio series. Britain has such a, such a great tradition of radio oh, sketch comedy.
1: I had no idea they had that.
0: Oh, yeah, no, no that, that Michelin Webb sound. All
2: right, we have a clip here.
1: Which leads us to the unfortunate conclusion that this latest murder
0: was also at the work of the so-called identity killer. Hi. So With the killer, killer has a calling card? I suppose you could you. say that, yes. What is it? Well, on this occasion, it was uh, a calling card. Uh, on previous occasions, he's been known to leave his birth certificate, the address of his MySpace page. And on one occasion, a series of unconnected numbers next to the three-letter word MOB. So, uh, we're looking into the possibility that there may be connections with organised British crime. mobile number.
2: Mm. So... What have we got? <sighs> Nothing, sir. Pauline's left this time as a passport sized photograph from two recent utility bills. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh my god. The victim's so wearing god. a shirt with the killer's Come face man. on it. What a waste.
0: Come and have a look at this, Sarge. Well, it's still running, sir. Should we have a look at the tape? Oh, what? So, we're sitting around looking at footage of Mr. Eric Hale Flat 2 Addington Building Swindon (laughs) merging a man, and meanwhile, the Identity Killer could strike again. (laughs) Now, at this point, all we can do is just wait for him to make a mistake. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we could let people
1: watch the rest of it, but the Mitchell and Webb look Identity Killer,
0: yeah uh uh, great Uh, uh is that is that your pick andrew or do you have another one
1: no my pick is uh i really enjoyed the first half of it the second half i liked but i thought the first half i liked i think um still enjoyed it and that is tulsa king the taylor Sheridan show starring sylvester stallone where he plays a mobster who gets out of jail after 25 years for taking the fall for his crime family and gets treated With the wonderful award of, we're sending you to Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) Uh, Stallone is great. Some of the writing's really good. Some of it's, um, you know, eh, again, I I really recommend you watch it, though. I think it's a really neat show. Martin Starr. Oh,
0: that's great. He
1: plays the owner of a weed shop and like, the first place, you know, Stallone's character shows up to, you know, basically protect, offer protection to is that. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I mean
0: this Tyler Sheridan. I mean, all he does is pump out scripts, right? I mean, who knows how he's a, has, has time to breathe? He's just he's writing uh, he's writing a million shows, and he always does it by himself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Taylor Sheridan, quite the talent.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, him too. That's a secret. His <laughs> hint twin brother Tyler, who
0: Tyler. yeah, that's it. You never knew that they were they were Winklevoss in it the whole time. Sheridan, yeah. it's like you got four hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh unless he was a really early beta user of OpenAI, look into that go go back into the logs and see whether or not And
1: and it's got barry corbin in it which i love the fact that if you've watched a movie in any decade or something barry corbin is an actor that you'll recognize over time and he's been in both yellowstone and in this uh so
2: nice uh and that's on paramount paramount plus
1: Paramount Plus, along with 1923, which is also, I really liked.
2: Justin, you got to pick.
1: I do.
0: Only murderers in the building. My wife and I, only murderers in the building. I don't, well, this is the thing is there's. All right. Oh, no. The show is about. A, a group of people that live in a fancy New York apartment and there's a murder they're obsessed with true crime podcasts they start doing a podcast about the murder in their building they wind up solving it that was season 1 season 2 there is another complication and uh, now they are in the midst of solving that i got to say the writing is just a, a, a step up in season 2 than season 1 and i have not enjoyed Steve Martin and Martin Short, uh, in, uh, uh, like this in, in years. You know, this is them kind of firing there. It's exactly in their wheelhouse. Martin Short is somebody that is so talented that it can become annoying because he's so, like, he's just got a routine that he's, that he's amazing at. And the, the character that they have him in is a has been, a uh, theater director uh, who is uh, eccentric in all the ways that you would imagine a theater director who had his heyday in the seventies would be, but Martin Short is just, and he has been his entire career, the best at volume comedy, like just decibels. Like there's just ways that he can say like, like, oh god, that are are just funnier than anybody else who has ever done it in in history. Selena Gomez is is also in the show. She's great. Tina Fey plays an evil version of a uh uh like like the serial host. Like she's basically an evil podcast magnate oh. who is is trying to steal the thunder of our ragtag podcasters. It's not evil.
1: She's it's just the worst version she's of just, that person. Yes,
0: no, yeah, she's not, no, she's not morally dubious, although uh, uh, there's a line in this season where she's denying her assistant uh, a promotion, and she goes, you know, when I was at the Post, Kay Graham told me, never be too good at a job that you hate, and she was a real C-word, so keep that in mind, <laughs> And <that> just <laughs> walks out, Uh just, a, a, an amazing, an amazing show. I'm I'm, I'm really, really, really enjoying uh, this season. And as far as murder mysteries go, I think it is. Is uh, it a good one? Yeah. It's not one of those where it's like supposed to, all the pieces are obviously not in front of you, right? Like mm-hmm. you are, you are letting these pieces kind of slowly come to you and like a podcast. There have been, I have not seen these shows because I'm now in a realm where I'm not going to talk about things I don't like. But I haven't seen, there's apparently some, there's a very popular movie, a sequel to another mystery movie, and then there's a a, a, a new show uh, on Peacock that is also a mystery, a murder mystery thing. Uh, and I think both are they connected suffer. Too? I don't know, I haven't seen it. Uh, but uh, they they both, from what I've heard, suffer, from the fact that when all of the pieces are right in front of you, it's only so interesting to watch the characters run through it. Neither you have to make the characters kind of semi-magical or you have to invent things that don't feel like they are things that you can put a circle around. Well, we don't know that. I don't know. There, there's just like a a, 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 a real balance to not feeling cheated by a mystery unraveling mm. and this show does it really well. Aside from the fact that it's like the, the show is mostly about the characters and that ultimately is, I think a good thing to keep in mind when it comes <laughs> to stories is make your characters likable. Cause you want to spend time with them.
1: There is a kind of writing and uh, also used by somebody who wrote and directed are involved with one of the big franchise, the that same but same franchise pick. I look forward to seeing. We're in it. the moment, the moment. If your attention span is like in, in AI, we talk about a context window, like you know, like GPT three is like two thousand tokens at a time, so it's like sixteen hundred words at a time it pays attention to. So if your attention span of what you're thinking about in the plot and what's going on is within like forty five seconds, you're gonna be super entertained. Yeah, don't go back. Don't think about what happened eight minutes before and how you got wow. to here or why. And when you, something happens and somebody says, this happened because of this, just accept it. Don't think about that. You're going to be fine. But if you start to think about it, because it's presented to you as a cerebral show, you will be hugely disappointed and realize, oh my God, this is really not good. This is literally just trying to write that moment by moment by moment. Well, and I
0: think one of the things that's really, really great about a well-told murder mystery is as your, as the story slowly puts the light of suspicion on everybody around the circle, to me, the worth of that show is defined by what you feel when the light hits them, whether or not they are the bad guy, whether you're like, oh, that would break my heart or, oh, I knew it, like. Yeah, there's just you need that's part of the, the the show. That's part of the build is, you know, and this is and only murders in the building uh, uh, is great at that. Like they they just have periodically almost every episode, the light kind of shines, the suspicious light shines on somebody else. You have a feeling for it. That feeling affects how you feel about the characters, and then you move on, and eventually we're going to find out, and I'm sure that the final piece of evidence that will reveal everything is going to drop out of the sky in, in the final episode, but I'm not going to feel cheated by that because I will have already gone on an emotional journey wondering about everybody.
1: I, For me, a strong mystery, and this is what I think about when I try, sometimes I write or more thrillers. sometimes I write that are more mystery, and for me, a mystery is really, I put enough clues in the beginning for you to kind of know where it goes. And sometimes a thriller is like, no, you're not gonna know where it goes because the goal is not to sort of solve this. But I, I feel when it's out and out, hey, this is a mystery and you get to the end and you're like, literally somebody could just interject and say, but actually, yeah, and change everything. And that's, that's kind of silly.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh mm. someone in the chat says that uh, I don't like somebody named Johnson. Uh no, I love Scott. Scott's a great guy. And yeah. for the record, I've brick. seen I, I've seen brick and I love brick. I've seen Brick, brick is amazing and I love Brick Brick
1: is phenomenal. Brick I, is I, I
0: like I like I like Brother Brothers Bloom. I, I wasn't in love, I love with Brothers Bloom. I love Looper. Yeah. I love Looper. So I love Looper. Yeah.
2: I've Looper, seen brick Looper. I've seen Bloom. Looper. This is so this is <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know that there's a style of plot. I think I, it's I, just I, I also have seen
0: I've seen the pilot of Poker Face, and I love the <laughs> pilot of Poker Face. I've not yeah. seen the rest, but but I've seen the the pilot of Poker Face I, is really good.
1: you are losing. implausible st- deniability. <laughs> I would say so. Here, I would say about somebody commented like I think the style. My argument is not that the the quirkiness is a problem. Not that any of this is that. There is stupid stuff that doesn't need to be stupid. There are things there you go, don't stop and think about this that could have been written out they didn't care about. That's what bothers me is that you go, there are, there are like legit, if we want to use the term plot hole, there are huge plot holes that could have been covered for and it would be fine. It would be like 10 minutes, 10 minutes of ten minutes with a script and you can make something that was way less dumb. But. There you go. It's not a mystery. Maybe one day it's I'll not see a, it. Yeah. I'm really bad at games, these games. Oh, I just solved your little dinner murder mystery game in 30 <laughs> seconds, but you just told us, doesn't matter. You know, like, ah, I can keep this a secret from the police and everybody. Okay, the, okay. The, you're, you're now
0: just, we're, now, you're, now, now, you're yeah. A- the, a- a- yeah. Just, and now, now Andrew's just <laughs> in the aint cool news talk bags. I do
1: know what you're talking about. I was just not talking about anything. specific. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What have we been? What have we been talking?
1: What are we seeing? I just, what are we talking? I think I think <laughs> Ryan Johnson is an incredibly talented. Okay, all right, right. I do all right. Mean, I, I, no, no, no. I mean that. I agree. Absolutely mean that. Absolutely mean
2: that. I agree. I agree. We love you, Ryan. Please come on the show.
0: <laughs> what has it been? What has it been? It's been very weird.
2: <laughs> you got that right. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>